Welcome to the show, everybody. You probably weren't listening, but we were talking about apples, trying to get things going right now here. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Chase Pond, and I have Tim from the now DC Squadcast. You're no longer the Suicide Squadcast, you're the DC Squadcast, so gotta make that right. Pretty close, pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. It was the Suicide Squadcast. We just recently switched it over. After about two years of deliberation on this thing, uh, we've we've been talking about uh, trying to make our name a little bit more self-explanatory, and so we have switched it from Suicide Squadcast over to DC Films Squadcast. Okay, so that makes you including everything now, or if that's better or worse, I don't know. <laughs> but well we i mean so we had been you know from the start we had always done dc films and we also talked about dc you know tv sometimes some dc comics but mostly just dc films related items and uh the the problem that we always had is with our name it was pretty limiting it you know for somebody that was looking for a, a podcast to listen to about dc films they wouldn't necessarily get the idea they would look at our the name of our show and think okay well, i don't really like suicide squad so I'm just not going to listen to that podcast. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, that, that that was that that was me for the longest time. I was like, yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, yeah if you, you love it, you love it. That's cool with me. I I don't really have that sort of passion where everybody's got to agree or disagree. But uh, I mean, I started listening when, or at least I listened to the, the only one I got around to listen to was uh, the Joker spoiler review you did. And when I heard that, I was like, holy crap! There, these are some. Some special ESPN casters that I've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I mean, I, I could even just picture it. Man, comics, isn't that right, Scott? Oh, you betcha, Tim. <laughs> That's funny. You're going to just be having a show right right on there. So, today on this show, on the pot, or, uh, ah, my gosh, I, I just had a long day here. Uh, but no, today on the Variety Pond, which is where anything goes, we talk about TV, we talk about really weird stories, and other things that don't relate to movies or video games that would be on the other two shows. So, for today, since you are all about DC, and the only DC thing that I can think of that I have not covered yet was Watchmen. I saw all nine versions of the Watchmen, or all nine episodes. I saw all nine of those Watchmen. I did watch the Watchmen. And we're going to be discussing the whole season as a whole. Not going to go deep by deep into each individual episode because how I review TV shows, I like to talk about the whole season. Because, you know, why would someone want to waste time watching a show where it was good when it started, but then the very end sucked or the first couple episodes weren't good and then it gets better as it goes? So I, I think it'd be good to just... Overall, how's the whole season? Uh, just actually, even today, just watching the last two episodes, so I just got cut up on all that. Yeah. And then, of course, Christmas is coming. You are a dad, after all, so you did you do any last-minute shopping? Yeah, in fact, I just got something uh, tonight. It just got delivered about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> thanks to Amazon. Amazon has, like, a, uh, you know, they do local deliveries now with their little Amazon truck, so, like, you'll get things at, you know, super late at night. <laughs> Uh, so there was just the last couple of gifts, uh, taking a look at the balance between my daughter and my son, uh, just making sure we had each of them kind of covered because, you know, you know, darn well on Christmas morning, they're going to be counting. Oh, yes. <laughs> and taking a look and see who's got, you know, you know, oh, you know, so and so got more than me. And I just don't want to hear that. <laughs> 
You know, because I have a niece, and just a month ago, so another thing, besides the three main shows, I also do a little side thing with my niece. Whenever I'm having to babysit or be with her for a bit, I was like, you know what, I have this podcast thing I'm doing now, and what if I did this little show where we just talk about a random subject, and the really funny thing about my niece, because she's two and she's hyper as heck, it usually just takes her a little bit to even get around the subject because she's so random as heck and when we yeah like when i was talking about christmas so what is what is something you like about christmas a b c d e f g and she just went through the whole song a b c g d e f g and then at the end of it i was like okay well, what does that have to do with christmas i don't know <laughs> So I, in the la- the I think it was the first one, but I asked, uh, "What's your what do you like about Thanksgiving? What are you thankful for?" And she's like, "No Christmas." <laughs> and like Christmas is a month of after, so I I get it. Kids do. I mean, Thanksgiving is just being pushed out more and more. So oh yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Christmas coming up, a lot of presents and all that. So I'll be at the lake for a couple days and then I'll get back and all that. So yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about what people are selling us today. Uh, Or at least 2019's uh, holiday commercial, The Weirdest, and the meanest holiday commercials of 2019. I'll be going through each and one of them and you can kind of be the judge yourself whether or not this is something you want to buy uh, for you or your kids. So play a little game like that because it is the holidays and that's pretty much what we're going to be doing today. Oh, oh that sounds awesome. Uh, you know, when you mentioned that we were going to be going over Christmas commercials, I had to like sit there and think because I just don't see commercials anymore. You know, so I've got, uh, whether it be like say Netflix or, you know, say Hulu without commercials or just watching, you know, films that I bought, I don't see commercials and so, like, I don't even know what, you know, Christmas commercials are out right now. So, this will be kind of fun. Yeah. So, and, well, I'm kind of for commercials for the right reason. Like, I've interviewed a couple of people who worked on commercials. Okay. I have expressed that, you know, commercials aren't necessarily all a bad thing because, well, if you're doing something like if you were twitch streaming and you just have an entire career just on twitch streaming you need ads to kind of build up your revenue or the twitch prime subscriptions and there are some fun benefit to these commercials and that's just why i don't mind them but also these commercials that i've seen they didn't really just come from necessarily the tv in fact most of them either came from the movie theaters or the internet so yeah and but i i get the need of just wanting to go straight to a show and not having to deal with ads about uh, walgreens or prozac or something but <laughs> the now you also asked and i'm sure in a joking matter is there going to be any sort of um shall i say put the kids to bed type of content <laughs> and i will have to say i just want to say you just have to stay tuned for that because i i'm just saying that these commercials are real that is all what i will say for now so i cannot answer whether or not there will be any um adult rated stuff <laughs> okay but yeah so now one thing i do here is before i even get to the show i'm uh going to actually you want know i i probably should give uh updates on like what's coming out on my site which is pondpress.wordspress.com and of course is soundcloud so for this this will be the last 
podcast that I'll be recording of 2019 because uh, with my uh, next guest here, uh, Joyce Galden, all the way from Netherlands, a really, really sweet friend. And she was the first one who suggested me to do this sort of combined audio thing that we're going to be doing. And we're going to be going over the top 10 best and worst games of 2019. I'm going to see if there's something I can do for the movie side, but uh, that's how I will start off uh, 2020. I don't have a specific date, but I'm going to assume the first weekend of January. That is probably what I'm aiming for. But in the meantime, I'm just going to be catching up on things to put on my list or not put on my list. And there's a couple movies I got a review left this year. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go see Bombshell and I'm going to catch up to The Irishman. And I'm going to try to see... Uh, 1917 or uncut gems before the year is over but that that's my plan uh, is there any uh content that you're bringing out uh we're gonna do one more show uh for the end of the year and then uh so we do also something for people that help support the network uh it's a subscriber subscriber uh exclusive content where we we've been reviewing every comic book film of all time so we're gonna be doing those two things uh, the rest of the year, and that's about it. But nothing beyond that. Okay. Anything like specific comic book movie or movie that you're talking about for this next? Yeah. So we're we're kind of going somewhat in order. What we did is we you know we we took the big long list of all the comic book films of all time, and there's about 160 uh, comic book related films. And rather than start at the very beginning, because it would take way too long to finally get to content, you know, some of the more modern content, I basically split it up into like a a golden age track and then a modern track. And so we've just kind of been going in order, alternating between those two tracks. And so uh, one of the films that we just reviewed, this was on the more modern age track, was The Punisher. And uh, so we just reviewed that one. I'm about ready to publish that. But the next one we're going to review is is going back to what we call the Golden Age track, which quickly got to somewhat modern. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Robocop 2. So Okay. All right. And then uh, I guess the Golden Age of comic book movies are... Oh, wait, no. Never mind. I'm getting those two mixed up. But <laughs> yeah, so this whole week I've been cranking out stuff. And if I'm not like podcasting, I'm writing. So I've written a lot of reviews. And of course, I have my review for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, Cats, and Togo. So all that's up and yada, yada, yada. So. Oh, well. Anyway, so you know what? I would pull up the music, but I'm going to. You know what? How about we just go ahead and just quickly say how to reach both of us and then get on with uh, our content. All right, so to reach me, you can find me on uh, Ponchpress at Facebook and uh, Instagram. Also at ChasePon64 on Twitter, philox76 at gmail.com, philok76 at gmail.com for any emails. And uh, you can also go to the website, ponchpress.wordspress.com. As I said, I have put out a lot of stuff and I'm putting out more throughout this week because I will be in the lake and that will be harder to, well, I might do something with my news, so we'll never know. Anyway, <laughs> you. Yeah, and then you could find me, uh, probably the, the easiest way, uh, because I don't spend a whole lot of time on social media much anymore, but uh, if you go to Twitter, you could find me at Alan Fire. On Twitter, you could find our show at DC Film Squadcast on Twitter, and then also we have a webpage, uh, squadcastmedia.com. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get into what we got here. Uh, I usually will have some... S- Sebast or bombastic energy or blastic. I'm making up words, but <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get into it. So, well, the first thing we have up is which I, I've had a history of. I don't think I was really crazy about the last 
couple of Watchmen's because there was the there was the movie and then there was the PS3 fighting game or beat 'em up called Watchmen and and is nine. That's kind of my extent knowledge of Watchmen, but I do know that it is based on a uh, series of comics and the his name Alan Moore. Yeah, Alan Moore. Dang, where's the note? Okay, that, my computer is frozen <laughs> right now. <laughs> Why isn't it pulling up the note? Dang it. Okay, stop. What is going on here? Is my whole computer just froze uh okay hold on hold on let me get this out. <laughs> i did not expect any of this okay you want yeah we're just gonna go what you said because i can't even pull up my own notes <laughs> this this no this computer is frozen like i'm trying to move things around here holy crap i yo okay whatever so it's based off of a series of comics of course a series of dc comics and at least this sequel now this is a sequel to i believe the comics although i read up about this not exactly being based on like it's its own thing and then there's this other sequel to the comics at the same time or is any that falser yeah i mean so uh, let me just kind of explain it this way so there the original comic book series it was uh, written by alan moore with art by dave gibbons that was put out in the ni- in the middle of the 1980s and that was kind of like the that was when dc comics was starting to dabble into some more uh, adult-oriented and, you know, maybe mature content. You know, that was the age when you got, uh, you know, you you got like Hellblazer, you got... Obviously, you know, a lot of the Alan Moore type stuff. Watchmen was was one of the things that really kind of struck me because it was just a much more serious take on anything that you had actually seen. And it was put out monthly and it was 12 issues. So it went over the period of a year. And this was one of these things where I was kind of an age where I was I was about ready to start moving on from comics because it kind of felt like comics had done everything you know that it could do for me. Like I, w- I was starting to lose some interest in the storylines. And at the time, that's when this came out, and it was it was basically a deconstruction of the superhero, and that's that's what the 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 storyline was, and and it was like I said, it was put out in twelve issues. Now that's collectively known as Watchmen. Like you know, anytime today you go to buy it, you'll buy it as a graphic novel, and that's what most people would know as what Watchmen is. Now since then. You know, we had uh, Zack Snyder's uh, film adaptation of it. Uh, you saw that on the big screen. DC Comics has revisited Watchmen, where they've actually gone and, and produced some stories following the events of Watchmen. Uh, and it was called After Watchmen. Uh, I actually have not read those. And then uh, basically moving on to this TV series. Uh, the TV series is set in the events and the universe that came out of that uh, the original Watchmen graphic novel from 198 from the 1980s and that's it's it's kind of a it's directly built off of that world you know 30 or 40 years later and and so that's uh that's really i guess it's just 30 years and so that's what uh the tv series is really based on it doesn't really have anything to do with the film version from Zack snyder it doesn't really have anything to do for the most part with um you know the after watchman series yeah that that's kind of what I was thinking because I uh, I've heard about that and then well just even getting into it it didn't really tell me that I had to 
catch up with any of the any of the comics or any of the other shows in order to understand what's going on. What where this takes place is in uh, T- Tesla, Oklahoma. I have ne- I've been to Oklahoma. I don't think I've been to Tesla, but uh, it's basically a big race war with a white supremacist group known as the Seven Cavalry, and they unleash a very violent attack on some police officers. Of course spreading some racial hate and killing and injuring people. So now we have the police officers having to sort of secure their identity, not being, or dis, not, or uh, having to wear masks. And uh, one of the officers you have in here, he has a, uh, uh, a uh, silver mask on when he's interrogating people. And so you have all this going on. And one of the main, or actually the main character here, we have uh, Regina King as Angela Abar. And she is one of these officers under a mask. And she's uh, investigating what's going on here. And it goes, well, it starts off as a race war. Then it goes kind of that way. And then kind of beyond that. I'm going to play the trailer. And this is where I'm going to turn on share screens or just for a little bit let's see and also my computer stopped for, uh, is not frozen now so i can do share screens that's great while you were talking i was like holy crap my <laughs> my control of this computer is back i can control this thing i have power now i i now have the power and now actually first i i mean watching the show i think and and i'm again i'm i'm kidding this way I know some people are going to take the following thing I'm going to say is, oh my god, are you kidding me? But, I mean, the, the, the show might offend some people just by the name alone. Oh my god, Watch Men? There are women in the show and you're calling it Watch Men? That is, that is, uh, no, boycott, hashtag. I don't think I've heard that at all. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, well, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it's... Oh, there there are a couple things in this show that will be taken out of context. I will de- definitely say that, though. Let, let me get in the trailer, and then I'll talk about all that. This is a stick-up! Who are you? Who am I? If I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be wearing a mask. There are people who believe that this world is fair and good. It's all lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. Soon thou shalt save us. And we will whisper. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Home, please. Coordinated simultaneous attacks at the homes of Tulsa PD. So the cops hide their faces, and now the bad guys don't know where they live. And who doesn't want a secret identity? People who wear masks are dangerous. We should be scared of them. Why? Because they're hiding something. Lori Blake, FBI. You know how you can tell the difference between a masked cop and a vigilante? No. Me neither. There's a vast and a 
insidious conspiracy. I play. If I told you about it, your head would explode. Who are you? Maybe, uh, I'm Dr. Manhattan. He lives on fucking Mars. You curse too much. Oh jeez! Right as right after I played the trailer for that show, it was like, oh my god, da, 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 and it's like, holy crap, where does rock music come from? Anyway, so when this started off, I was really into it. I mean, again, as you said, that this was a very grounded approach. In fact, you could kind of take the superhero stuff out and just treat it like a crime noir. It's really about this whole race relation, or race war that we still have today. We still have the Ku Klux Klansmen. We still have uh, white supremacy neo-Nazis. Yeah. So all this is relevant. The whole thing about people dressing up as superhero costumes, well, they're, they don't really have superpowers. They're just people in costumes just trying to be heroes in their own mind. For the time being, I was like, you know what? This would be great without the whole superhero comic book stuff. I mean, eventually we're gonna get to that, because, I mean, one of the characters I do remember is, uh, Mr. Blue Man Group, uh, oh, Dr. Manhattan. Eventually, he was gonna come back here, and I, I mean, that's fine. I'm fine with that, but I did like how it started off where we didn't have to deal with all that mystical stuff, and you kind of see Regina, or I mean, Regina as uh, Abar or Angela Abar. She's not exactly a perfect human being. She's not above doing some things that are not, uh, that are questionable. But as a black woman going through this whole war on racism, I kind of really feel for her. And I feel for a lot of my peers that go through all these uh, racial injustice issues. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of relevancy to it. And I like that they did it without trying to go, oh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. Because so many of these shows and movies, they like to obsess about how bad Donald Trump is. And yeah, he is a terrible person, but it's like, okay, tell me something I don't know. So it's great that this didn't obsess over that. And instead, it had its own sort of... Well, I wouldn't say Donald Trump, but sort of racial enemy here. And although, going, well, I mean, starting off again, this was all great. How did it start off for you, though? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was was a little odd because, you know, for being such a fan of the original graphic novel, you kind of wanted to see a little bit of that story being continued. But then right away, you get this idea that, like, I mean, 34 years have passed since the events at the end of the original Watchmen series. And so you had basically, you know, just this huge gap where you weren't even sure if you were going to see any of the characters. And and even starting off, you weren't even sure, like, if if we were going to see anybody from the original graphic novel other than references. And I, I think it's in the very first episode we get a reference to... I think Night Owl, and uh, so I mean, and so there's there's this idea that it, this is going to be an entirely new thing, and so part of that you just have this little bit of fear that 
is this thing going to be unrecognizable? Is, is it really not going to be relevant? Is it not going to have the the same kind of impact that the original graphic novel had? Now, if you remember, and you've Chase, you've never read the graphic novel? Uh, I've seen it before. I mean, my sister, I think she's read the graphic novel before. I've definitely seen copies of it. I don't think I've read the whole thing, though. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the original graphic novel, like I said, and I mentioned earlier, it was it was a deconstruction of superheroes. Well, the great thing about the original graphic novel is it took the way the world was at the time. And you got to remember, this is the 1980s. And so the the world was becoming, you know, it was in the Reagan years. And it was uh, it was it was a much more about, you know, corporations and businesses. And you, you kind of had that as a backdrop. But more importantly, you had the big, uh, you know, really the big fear of nuclear war. That was that was kind of like what it was like at the time because you had you know obviously uh, the United States is a superpower you had Russia our antagonist was a superpower and and there was a genuine fear uh, and I can attest to this you know actually growing up in that era there was a genuine fear that like things are going to get out of control and you were going to you know there's going to be some kind of nuclear uh, you know weapon being detonated at some point in some kind of conflict and so. You, you, you know, you don't necessarily feel that as much today, but I mean, there was a lot of tensions in that era. And so that was basically taking that political climate at the time and that world climate and just kind of dropping all these um, what if type scenarios, like what if there were these costume adventures and what if, you know, none of them had superpowers, but then suddenly there was one. And that was the great thing about with Dr. Manhattan. It was like, and it even says it in, in the original graphic novel, um, Superman exists and he's American is because, you know, Dr. Manhattan happened to be an American, and that changed the entire world. And that was like the backdrop of the graphic novel. So then when you look at the TV series, you're like, what are they going to possibly do that's relevant? And you had mentioned Donald Trump and the 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 kind of nastiness in the climate uh, that, you know, that his presidency is kind of like, you know, has brought out a lot of the, you know, the white nationalists and the white, you know, and a lot of the racism, it's really kind of brought it to the forefront and made it kind of mainstream. That is extremely relevant. And that's, and that's uh, very much what they were doing with the series is, is without having to name, uh, you know, name any of the people like a Donald Trump or any of the other uh, antagonists that you would have uh, with white racism today. Um, you don't have to mention them, but you can just you can just build upon the elements. And that was like one of the great things I thought about this TV series is they brought up the whole Tulsa massacre that actually happened. And this is one of these real life events. And I've, I talked about this with my my co-host and and uh, actually Ray Smith, another uh, host that we have on our network. Uh, you know, I the only thing I ever knew about the Tulsa massacre was the name. And I knew that something happened, but I knew nothing about it. And, and, uh, and Ray, who's African-American and Scott, who's from the South, like they knew nothing about it. Like, I mean, Ray knew about the existence of it, but none of us out of the three of us knew the extent of like what really happened. And it's, it's, it's one of these terrible, terrible events that was so whitewashed by, you know, history because, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it. And, and, and I think that's what made this thing immediately have a big impact to me is like, yes, they are going for the jugular with this show. And, and that's what they continue to do throughout the series. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what happens later on, they still uh, put it on not just uh, race, but also cultural inher- uh, heritage. Because part of this is, 
Angela trying to figure out where did she come from? Who are, who were her parents after all? Like, is her does she know everything that's going on in her life or not? She starts off as a teacher and now she's fighting crime, but. Again, as this uh, unravels, uh, she's having to question some things that she uh, didn't believe in at first. And one of them is whether or not she... Yeah, there's this uh, Reeves who... Or William Reeves. He... What the heck? Okay, I I thought I just heard a rumbling. Anyway. (laughs) So, I was like, what the heck? Okay. Um... But uh, it was very interesting just seeing her story unfold, and uh, she was definitely the driving force for me. But I did like some of the support casts. I mean, again, I like the hillbilly silver man who he would just be calm, collective, ask questions. So, did you kill that person? I think you know what you're doing. And then you find out part of his backstory. And then also, some of these other characters, how they're very ambiguous on whether or not they're doing something good or whether or not they're doing something bad. Like, the main uh, officer, uh, her name was just mentioned in the trailer. Oh, you're talking about Lori Blake. Uh, yeah, I think it was Lori Blake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a character from the original graphic novel. Okay, okay. But, I mean, throughout the show, she did some things. I was like, holy crap, that's kind of unnecessary. But then there are times where, like, okay, so maybe I don't agree with everything you're saying, but, I mean... You kind of you got somewhat of a point. I'm not saying that what you're doing is right, but I get it. Yeah, and yeah, that's with uh, almost all these characters. And I also really like. Well, again, I, I wouldn't say like because like saying, well, I agree with what they say or what they do, but <coughs> oh, excuse me. One of the characters here, and I'm gonna pull up the clip of them. Adrian Bender. Adrian Vite. Vite. Yeah, yeah, Vite. Actor because he reminds me, or at least by performance. He reminds me so much of the uh, Doc from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, sure. Yeah, every, every time I hear it, was hearing his voice, it, it was sounding exactly like him. I mean, he, he could if Marty McFly were to come in this, he'd be like, Marty, check out these clones. I've got something really brilliant here, Marty. You need to check this out. I'm going to commit some murder, but this is very crucial to my work. I was frozen today. <laughs> So, <laughs> this is a clip of him, or at least I'll, I'll, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but just to kind of... I'm so sorry to disturb you, Master, but there's a letter from the Game Warden. Read it to me. Let's see what our adversary has to say for himself. Dear oh, dispense with the flowery pleasantries and get to it. I beg your pardon, sir, but when you first arrived here, we agreed upon the terms of your captivity. Your recent behavior suggests an intention to violate those terms. Oh. As such, if this behavior continues, you will face grave consequences. He's underscored consequences. Oh. Know this. The next shot I fire, sir, will not be at your feet. Please consider this your first and only warning. Thank you again for the delicious tomatoes. Your humble servant, 
the game warden. And that's the thing is he's got a mansion full of these clones. And at first, I I just thought he was a rich dude living in a mansion. He's got a male and female servant, and that that's number one. What I think will take out content. It, the fact that there's a female servant. Look, there's a male servant too. This is not a s- sexist or whatever, but what? What? I mean, I I'm only saying. Uh, I, I can't oh well when the show gets a hashtag then we'll know but until then <laughs> but yeah so the male and female servant working for him and I was like okay so he's just a lone old man who likes to game because he's hunting some animals uh, and he's got this loyal male and female servant but then as it goes on okay he's got more clones these fishing for clones what the like there is a lot of surreal stuff going on like in the later show uh, episodes that yeah, despite there goes more fantasy uh, comic book stuff, and it's because when it started off, I liked that. It, unlike all, any of these other shows or any of these other movies, there was no superpowers. It was just people in costumes fighting real issues. Yeah. But I mean, I'm fine with them kind of going into okay. Now we're going to cloning, and then the Seven Cavalry. They got a portal that they're gonna send down a giant tentacle monster to. I mean. All right, you're gonna you're gonna go through that, then that's fine. But I did like that how he was just really obsessed with time, and that's eventually because that's where we get to Doctor Manhattan. He's like sending bodies into the sky to send a message to someone, and then turns out he's been committing some clone genocide and that made me kind of scared of him i was not rooting for him at all but again these all these characters they are not total good guys i mean the most is abar but even she's not above doing something shady i mean there is a part where she just she literally kills someone and it wasn't until the episode the next episode i was like okay but when it happened i was like holy crap he didn't deserve that yeah so yeah but how do you feel when it started going into deep i mean going more into comic the comic book territory did that make it better for you or worse well, I mean, for me, uh, having been a fan of the original graphic novel, you know, we, you, you had mentioning Jeremy, Iyer, Jeremy Irons' character, Adrian Veidt, uh, Ozymandias. Now, back in the original graphic novel, and you may re- remember it uh, from the film as well, he, he m- murdered millions of people. His, it was all part of his crazy plan to try to prevent um, nuclear war, basically, you know, to prevent all these countries from, you know, just basically unleashing uh, nuclear weapons against against each other and basically destroying the world. And his plan was, you know, how can I un- unite the entire world? Well, the only way you can do it is to have an enemy that you could all agree on. And so he concocted this idea that uh, if he makes the Earth think that there's this giant alien that is trying to, uh, you know, transdimensionally breach uh, our world and come down, then everybody would quit fighting with each other and, and figure, you know, we need to worry about, you know, we need to worry about bigger things beyond us. We need to worry about humans rather than, you know, Americans and Russians. And so, you know, when he dropped that that uh, genetically engineered alien, which was a uh, squid-like, uh, onto New York, he, he murdered millions of people. And, and, you know, and so that, you know, that's what makes him just such an evil person. So, I mean, I already had that context going in. So, you know, the first time I would see him, you know, I already know the backdrop about what, you know, just how bad this guy is. 
And, you know, and, and obviously him taking these clones and shooting them off uh, outside of that little habitation bubble that he's got on Europa uh, and, and murdering, you know, and then not just not just there. I mean, he was murdering these clones, you know, within his little habitat. Uh, he's just a bad dude. And uh, it continued. It continued. And, and the thing about him, too, is in his mind, he pictured himself as the smartest guy in the entire world. And and for him, you know, it, like he alone, for the most part, knew what he had done. And he thought it was so genius that he saved humanity. But yet he couldn't bask in the glory of it. And that was ultimately, you know, that's really kind of like the arc for him, uh, especially when he's isolated on Europa. Like he, you know, he couldn't he couldn't bask in that. Yeah. I mean, even I said that, I wish I didn't go to more. I was still invested in what was going on because, I mean, just even the surreal factor, just fishing out clones from the the, the ocean then trying to figure out, okay, how did these clones even get in the ocean? And then the whole thing about transforming, I mean, they kind of made, er like, they kind of wrapped everything together by the end, but it was like, okay, now this is getting really freaking weird, but (laughs) I was still, I mean, at least where it focused the most on that I, that really mattered me was, uh, uh, or, uh, Abar and also the police officers. I was really interested in what was going on with them. I would say the only characters I didn't think that were that exciting to me. I mean, the Seventh Cavalry, I get that they are a representation of, again, the white supremacy, neo-Nazis, a lot of bad people. But this whole thing about, yo, why wanna, we want to send down this alien squid to destroy everything so we can make sure uh, whites are still on top. I mean, this whole thing about, you know, I want to destroy everything, I'm just... I've seen that so many times before. Um, I mean, I, I get it. It's just like, I mean, th- this alien squid, I kind of would prefer if it wasn't a thing. And it, the most mystical stuff was with Dr. Manhattan. But I mean, when Dr. Manhattan finally came on, I was like, okay, this is at least regarding around him and with around with uh, Regina King's character, I I was really invested in their relationship because it was kind of interesting the way he just kept telling him that telling her, okay, I'm gonna predict this is what's gonna happen, and she just fell along with it, and she had no idea how it was gonna end. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a scary thing to take a uh, love relationship with. But if someone's talking about your future, I don't know if I would immediately fall in love with that person. But something tells me if someone knows what how what my journey is going to end or what's going to happen several years from now, I would even be curious. But, I mean, at least it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even as it was going up and it was getting crazy, I mean, again, with the, the villain characters, outside of Adrian, both the Seven Cavalry and... Oh, there was one more, and she was played by... Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Lady True. Yeah, Lady True. I mean, yeah, again, with her, I kind of get it, but, it, again, we just this whole thing about having mass destruction, I've just... Something I've kind of seen uh, already a lot. But we're all wrapped up in the end. I thought was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And it does leave the door open for if they want to come back and do a season two despite saying that hey this is a one done season because you know people will say that but if if something's really successful and then they look at that and go like hey you know what people are first of all how do you think this whole thing ended when going through the second half of it. 
You're asking, sorry, you had cut out. So you're asking, how did I think the whole thing ended in reality? Well, yeah. How do you think this, like the second half of the show, or what were your thoughts on the second half and uh, the ending? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the second half was uh, some of the strongest episodes. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think the finale was the best episode of the season, but I think, you know, I think the episode where we learned about Looking Glass with, uh, you know, played by Tim Blake Nelson, I thought that one was phenomenal. Um, when when it was revealed, when he, when his, basically his whole entire world just got, you know, just shaken up when he saw the revelation of that it was Adrian Veidt who had actually unleashed that giant squid onto New York. I mean, that guy's world was rocked. And then also leading back to finding out about the fact that he was actually there. He was there in New York when this happened, and he was one of the few survivors. Um I mean, the guy just had such a tragic past, and and it was no wonder, you know, he was wearing tinfoil, <laughs> you know, basically on his head. So, like, that was such a great episode. Uh, I thought the one with, you know, where uh, we had Regina King's character, Angela Abart, you know, take nostalgia, and then she was getting all those memories. Oh, she, and she was getting all those memories from her grandfather. I mean, that was just, you know, gut-wrenching. Uh, some of the story throughout that. You know, that was a super strong episode. I, and then the one where we actually had Angela where she was meeting John. So it was it was the it was the John Osterman, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan uh, episode where, you know, he it was where they were meeting in that bar and he was talking about the present and the past and the future kind of like all simultaneously. That was like such a good episode and just a compelling episode to watch. So, you know, really strong episodes, episodes towards the end there. And then, uh, of course, and, and I had kind of said in some of our reviews, I like, there's no way they could possibly wrap all this up. And in fact, they wrapped almost everything up. It was just amazing how much all kind of came together in that final episode. So I think the second half of the season kind of had a different feel to it. Like the first half kind of felt like the story was progressing. It was kind of moving. And then you had these little spotlight episodes, spotlight episodes. And that was a little strange, but they were very powerful. Yeah, I think where it knew what to focus on and when it did, I, I was really into it. Yeah, I mean, with the villain characters, they'll do what they'll do. But with Regina, I mean, Regina King and even the, the, yeah, the police force, Dr. Manhattan, all that. And Adrian, mm-hmm. yeah, I was real. I really loved this whole season. And if I mean, they said one and done, but if this is successful and they come back and say, you know what, we're gonna do a second season, I would be on board with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's gonna happen. I don't even know how many people watch the Watchmen because I actually don't really know a lot of people have been talking about it because er- everyone's already on The Witcher and I haven't even seen The Witcher yet. But nah. yeah, so. He- you know what, I, yeah, closing up because I want to get to the other part too. Yeah. Yeah, I really did enjoy this. I, again, this has been a great year for DC. I haven't been crazy about a lot of things DC has been putting out as late, but with this year with Shazam, Joker, and this whole the season of Watchmen, I just. I am really looking forward to what they do with Wonder Woman and beyond that. Just or even because they're going to do HBO now, where they're gonna bring exclusive DC shows. Now, fifteen dollars a month—that is a little steep for me. But if they could do put out more shows like The Watchmen uh, or of that, I would be interested in giving a shot with HBO now. But well, I mean, again, that's twenty twenty. That's far away. So we don't. I don't even know what shows are gonna be on HBO now uh but yeah i would say and my rating for at least movies and tv shows it goes high and low as a must watch 
good, decent, or avoid. And I'm going to say it's... I, I would say low must watch but some things that made me bump it down to a, a highly good but still i really enjoyed this show yeah and i guess using your scale i would i would have called it if you're a comic book fan and especially if you're a fan of the original graphic novel it's a must watch i i feel like some of the stuff in this would have been pretty confusing for somebody who had never read the original graphic novel or, or had not seen Zack snyder's watchman film uh it, it, from that standpoint i would say it would be decent just because uh, i would be afraid afraid you would get a little bit too lost with some of the details here. But like I said, if you're a fan of this content, uh, it's a must watch. I mean, I was not a fan of the Zack Snyder film and I did really enjoy this. So I, I mean, you never know. I really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we get into the, the real, the real reason you went screw the watchmen. Now I want to know what, 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 what type of marketing is going to sell me some, I don't even know if it's good stuff, but <laughs> hey, you what? The one thing you can never say that commercials never have an impact on someone. I know you ha- have the streaming services, but still to this day, there are commercials that do have an impact. Whether that be good or bad, there are commercials that get talked about a lot. And so the holidays are coming up. It's almost Christmas just, yeah, this week even. So you being as a parent, if you there's something you want to get for yourself and you just, you're like, you know what? I have some spare money I want to spend on something. So I'm going to go through mean-spirited in a way, and I'll explain why. Commercials and then three really weird and wacky commercials. And then you be the judge and say, is this going to be for me? And you can go and say why, but just a fun little game we're playing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, I mean, the first thing I'm going to start with is... Yeah, we, we talked about politics. We talked about Donald Trump and even in the review of The Watchmen. But really, the people who should be impeached more than Donald Trump... Way more than Donald Trump. Because this is really serious here. Who needs to be impeached more than Donald Trump? Well, uh, I'm going to have to say, as I'm building suspense here... This <laughs> thing... <laughs> What is it? What is it? Who am I impeaching? Well, you know what? You know who you need to impeach more than Donald Trump? Sprite Cranberry. It's the thirstiest time of the year. I have just one query. Want a Sprite Cranberry? The answer is clear. I think I would sign on to that. As Tim just said, he was just fine with this. What, what's the big deal? Sprite Cranberry. Come on, let's go. <laughs> well, this might be just a little personal, but... So, this Sprite Cranberry ad, which is an ad for the special type of Sprite Cranberry. That, that, I mean, you know what the Sprite... Uh, why should I tell anyone what Sprite is? You gotta know what Sprite is. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but this commercial plays once or twice of every movie screening I go to. I just want to know who's clamoring for cranberry flavored Sprite. That's what I want to know. Uh, basketball players, man. They are always, they, yeah, hey, ho. The basketball players are cramming for Sprite. They're, they're cranberrying for Sprite. Cr- yeah, cr- 
that's a tongue twister, Strike Cranberry. But <laughs> so this plays at a movie theater. So you're thinking, okay, so usually things that people advertise in a movie theater, it's either in the movie theater, you can get it on your way out or something, or there's like a little flyer. It might be a different business, like say a dentist, a McKinney's dentist. Well, I mean, again, a movie theater is not going to have a dentist, but there's a flyer for the McKinney's dentist you can pick up and go, okay, well, in the movie theater, I saw an ad for this, so I'm going to go to the McKinney's dentist. I'm going to check it out. Thanks a lot, movie theater. Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is my cheap movie theater I go to. So, hey, that's why. But I could not find a Sprite Cranberry. Hmm. <laughs> this is advertising the crud. And this is a popular ad, believe it or not, because this was so popular that my friends who are cosplayers, they get hit on using, or people hit on them using the Sprite Cranberry as a pickup line. Are you a Sprite Cranberry? Because you just made me the thirstiest guy of the year. And <laughs> I was like, okay. That's so that's a bit strange yeah it is um i mean yeah i guess technically it shouldn't be mean but the effect i think it'd maybe just be the movie theater just screwing with me because i was like okay where's the sprite cranberry i even went to the desk and i was like hey ho i had just one query want a sprite cranberry and they're like, well, we don't have it. And the answer, wait, what? Did you say we don't have it? <laughs> so I, this is the most innocent out of all of them because, I mean, yeah, the other, all the other ones, they're much worse. But it's just really weird to advertise something and then not have it. Or maybe, maybe I'll come back and when I see, when we see Bombshell, there'll be Sprite Cranberries. But for some reason, they're not there. I don't know why. So we only go down from here. <laughs> so we're gonna go to the time shop now i'm gonna play it and then at the end of it it, it reveals who this is for and i'm actually gonna explain why this is a bit mean and I, i'll i'll explain oh it's snowing uh, right. uh, okay. let's make a snowman i can't now honey dad sorry kiddo want to make a snowman <sighs> i can't see snowman right you... hey what's that that's lost time and then there's time that flies Whoa. ah together time the best kind it can make memories that last forever i wish my family could understand here sometimes people just need a little reminder Sam, where are you time to go sam thank you my pleasure to a time shop. What? Have so many clocks and cuckoos. Lost time and time that flies and all kinds of time. And here, the kind you give. What is this? (laughs) Okay, everybody. There we go. (laughs) This is actually really fun, but... (laughs) 
Aw, well, isn't that sweet of Chick-fil-A to just talk about spending time with... And that would be really funny. Like, she, they pulled up the card, and the card was just a gift card to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and like, honey, you, you really? Um, thanks? So, okay, Chick-fil-A, what, what's the big deal? You want, I'm going to bring my, I'm going to bring my black friend here and I'm going to also bring my LGBTQ, fr- I have some gay and trans friends. I'm going to bring them all. We're going to, you know, time together, right? So we're going to all spend time together. We're going to go to Chick-fil-A. You be- you better not keep, bring those savages to our place. That's basically what I'm saying here. Chick-fil-A, they've had a history of being racist and just bigots. Because there has been news stories coming up saying, yeah, we don't like black people either. No, they, you could look it up. It is, they've said that a lot. They, or they've uh, participated in uh, homophobic charities and things that are not exactly good in today's world. And there's some people that argue they're still kind of racist and still not very accepting of uh, people with different sexual preferences, wherever they're born as. And they come out with this commercial saying, no, we're all about family time. Just spreading love and joy with family. First, would you would you buy into this? Is this something that you would get? Would you spend your Christmas at Chick-fil-A with your family? <laughs> I'm probably... <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But do, do you think the intention was great here? Do you see something behind it? Uh, I, I don't see it as that offensive. I mean, to me, it's just, you know, it, it's just a typical uh, trying to express their idea of what they think, you know, what the family should be. You know, it's 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 definitely it's definitely geared towards a certain certain type of family for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, white family. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, some people look at this like, yeah, Chick-fil-A isn't really about time spending time together. I mean, why why are they saying that and yet they want gay families to be separate? So, there I mean, it is kind of okay, but I mean, I get the intention. So, now we go to something that kids would definitely get be confused by. We ordered 10,000 units. That sounds good. Pretty cool, huh? They're speaking to mom in Japanese and mom hears them in English. Can you understand me? Yes, I can understand you. Okay, I have a lot of questions. How do you guys fly? What does Santa do in the summer? Is Mrs. Claus a good cook? Do you guys get presents? Can you roller skate or ice skate? Now, this is mainly something that is mean towards kids. Because kids, at least of that age, they are not old enough to understand that there's a bit of, well... We're kind of paraphrasing a bit. It's a bit of a joke here. No, kids will look at that and go, Daddy! Daddy! I want that! I get to talk to reindeer! Just like on there. And then they're going to get the tablet and go, I can't talk to reindeer, Daddy! <laughs> I mean, would you buy this? I was, I was, I was just not after I said that your kids might be upset, but I mean, would you buy it for you and your wife? Uh, I mean, like something to translate. I mean, I think that would be kind of cool. But I, I, I was just sitting there thinking, if my kids saw this, 
I mean, I think they would get the joke. You know, they're my daughter's ten, my daughter, my son's seven. My niece is two. She would not. She would not. <laughs> she would not. My niece would look at this and go, "I want the tablet. I get to talk to Chichi." And they're they're cat. I'm like, yeah. So I mean, for a certain age, it's definitely mean because it's they'll get the wrong idea for sure at when watching this i just thought of kennedy and i just thought now she would really be convinced she would talk to animals with that but i mean yeah it's a it's a cute silly thing to advertise the tablet and i actually think it's very impressive to have over 60 languages because i have friends of different cultures and uh who come from like different parts of the uh, or the world yeah it is really cool to see hey you what here's an easy way to translate and kind of learn excuse me learn different languages so, I think out of all that, that is really interesting. Now let's get into weird. We got the three mean, now we get into the weird. And I, I promise that you were worried if this would be sexual. Well, let's go one let's go one bit at a time. Starting with, don't get hacked. I mean, that's a simple reason, but what, wait, what's going on? So I actually want to point out that while I was playing, I had my my microphone just—I uh, mean my headset up on full volume. So when that whole thing blasted, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah." I had to put it down because that was kind of creepy uh, listening in full blast. But that is for a uh, little device to protect. And there's this has been kind of a lot of things i mean we express vpn is probably the popular thing that's been going on a lot of uh internet uh, people use it or whatever and this is for a little remote uh, device to stop hackers from hacking into your safe uh, d and i mean the whole commercial is pretty exaggerated because i don't 
think people could get hacked like that. I, I don't think that. That has got to be some acid trip to get hacked like that. Really insane. Just random things happening at once. But would you get this thing? I mean, do you experience any sort of virus issues or uh, hacking on your own PC? No, I've never. I mean, I, I think when I had a PC, I got a virus one time and just used like just some free uh, software to, to get rid of it. But I mean, you know, most of the people that get viruses, they just do stupid things. <laughs> and so it's like I I'm trained and well, you know, I know well enough what not to do. And so uh, I, I've never really gotten anything. And right now it's like I only deal with uh, Mac products. And so they're much less likely to get hacked. Uh, you know, and especially if you're just using, you know, as long as you're just not dumb and clicking on some of the, some of the links you shouldn't click on. Uh, so yeah, it, it's nothing that I would buy, but I mean, certainly they're going after a certain, <laughs> a certain segment of the audience there that would, you know, that have like Bitcoin and then they'd be worried about it, you know? So yeah, I haven't really seen, know if Bitcoin is still taking off. I do know someone who actually runs uh bitcoin in dallas i have not seen them in a while but yeah that is interesting with seeing the bitcoin part because i actually forgotten about bitcoin after a while but i think that is a currency that's still kind of catching up or it's still out there but it's not it's not you know there's there's a lot of other competing uh you know cryptocurrencies out there so i don't know still that was surreal as heck but i mean yeah i don't really i there was a point where i've dealt with viruses uh before but for unrelated reason it's not uh yeah not 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 even anything like or even close to that what's on the commercial i was like that is way too exaggerated to sell something i don't think you'll be getting all of that on you but no we're not the audience (laughs) yeah okay at least they tried but you you mentioned the peloton yes i will definitely get to that because it does involve a, a person who is pretty big in the comic book world and i'll talk about him in a second after we play the commercial is this the Folgers Folgers one or the Peloton no the the Peloton okay you ready yes. now a Peloton give it up for our first time riding. Right, first ride I'm a little nervous but excited let's do this five days in a row you surprised I am 6 a.m yay rising with the sun that was totally worth it let's go Grace in Boston 50 rides she just said my name a year ago I didn't realize how much this would change me Thank you. This holiday, give the gift of Peloton. Believe it or not, that commercial is controversial as heck. The reason is because of the performance by the lady who is being sold the Peloton. Because if you look at her, she is look like she is out of this world and it's been noticed by so many people in fact it's even been noticed by a man named ryan reynolds uh no actually not yeah ryan reynolds what i keep getting ryan reynolds and ryan gosling (laughs) i I don't know but ryan reynolds as people know him as deadpool he noticed the how weird this commercial was by performing Uh, would you buy this thing by the way uh, the bike? Oh, not not me. I, I can't do anything stationary. If I'm going to do something, I actually have to be outside doing something. So yeah, this wouldn't be for me. My wife might do it, but uh, this is the this is who Ryan Reynolds married, right? Actually, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't remember. It might have been. 
or maybe not married, or is he's, he's seeing her. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I had heard something about this. Well, what happened is, so this got a lot of flack because the actress here, she was not... Like, I'm going to play a little bit, and maybe you could see what people been... Okay, wait. It's right... I want to get to it right over here. This face is what kind of got the internet because it's like, is she really happy that she got the Peloton? <laughs> and yeah, that Ryan Reynolds took note of that and she hired this actress to play in a sequel to this commercial. And I didn't give you the I didn't give you the trailer for it, but I mean I I can describe you to it. And it's really there's not a lot of dialogue in it, but this is the sequel. Jen is really smooth. Yeah. We can get you another one mm -hmm. if you like. You're safe here. To new beginnings. To, to new, new beginnings. beginnings. There you go. It's gonna be a fun night. There you go. Take this too. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. You look great, by the way. This is the same exact actress she hired. I mean, uh, Ryan Reynolds hired from that Pelican ad that was getting so much controversy. And he used that in his advantage to sell this uh, alcohol that he was selling. Oh, okay. He has a brand of uh, gin. So, yeah, it's called uh, Av uh, Avion. Aviation. Av Aviation. And it's uh, an American gin branded by Ryan Reynolds himself. And mm. he made this commercials like, you know what? I'm going to roast these guys by taking their uh, star and have a sequel to where they're drinking away that commercial that she was a part of. Like they rescued her from it. So I don't think this is Ryan Reynolds. Maybe this is Ryan Reynolds wife, but I really think it's that Ryan Reynolds just like screwing with people. I, I mean, that's so. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was. I, I think I mis misunderstood what the connection was. Would I buy the... Would you buy Ryan Reynolds alcohol? <laughs> uh, probably. I'd pretty much buy any kind of alcohol. Okay, well, there you go. It, 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 it'll save you from bikes. <laughs> that leads us to, again, the, the Folgers coffee, which is funny because I actually used to use this coffee, but, oh boy, did they... Okay, you know what? I'm going to play it. <laughs> Your husband woke up first. Now you've got something up your sleeve. What you didn't know was you were surprising your father-in-law, Steve. Take a minute to clear your head, because that was really bad. Oh, no, yeah. And the worst part is you just started calling him dad. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. Yeah, so this is, uh, I mean, you drink coffee, right? Yes. Do you use folders? No, I just do a Keurig. I I do I do Dunkin' Donuts coffee. You know what? That's the thing is when uh, the I think it was the uh, it is the Keurig having the little capsules in and uh, yeah, that's what I use too. So ever since that came up, like this became because we used to use Folgers coffee, but ever since that was invented, that just became the new thing. So yeah, we I don't think we even use Folgers coffee anymore, but we used to. Just have scoops of that coffee, and now now it's a weird um, 
exploitation sex commercial. They actually have a white version of this too. Where like a white couple, yeah, the white couple, they were about to get on and then they get on to Fogger's Coffee or something. So, you know, they got diversity. And again, I promised you there'd be something dirty in here. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a, I, I don't, I don't see it as exploitation, honestly. I mean, I, I think it's just trying to target certain, uh, you know, demographics kinky people <laughs> sure that too <laughs> but it's it's funny it's like i haven't seen a folder like i haven't seen i don't see commercials much anymore so it's like i haven't seen a folders one forever but it's like the same type of jingle that they've used since i was a kid and now they use it for <laughs> it's like she was gonna get undressed her fogel so that's yeah but anyway the, the whole inspiration for even doing this whole thing of just playing through fun commercials and talking about them well earlier this actually even last month just a couple weeks ago i interviewed someone who has been blowing up recently uh mr james Schrader, and there's him right over there. He's looking at his uh, buddy here, like, "Oh gosh, man, what did you do?" And he's like, "Well, I tried to screw a tree, and that look what happened." Yeah, it's a poor man. <laughs> so he's a stand-up comedian in California, and he's been getting really popular just from these commercials called Doctor Squash, and they are natural. I mean, he's done Doctor Squash and William Painter, but Doctor Squash is the one that's been blowing up anymore it's these uh soap for uh men uh like who you want to make yourself smell good or smell like specific things and there's uh, this whole joke about like it's kind of like a uh, adult swim commercial and yeah i'm gonna play the happy holidays to close up this whole commercial segment hi Dr. Squatch and I are here to make sure men get the perfect gift this holiday season. Doc, give me a boost. Tis the season of giving, a time when we exchange gifts with the ones we love. But here's the thing. Nobody wants to unwrap underwear in front of their family. Men want to unwrap something unexpected, something they can use, something that makes them feel like a man. Hit them with the goods, Doc. Dr. Squatch makes the perfect holiday stocking stuffers for pop-pops, husbands, uncles, brothers, and most importantly, you. With scents like pine tar, bay rum, and cedar citrus, your husband's gonna smell so good there might just be another stocking over the fire next year. Ooh. <laughs> well, looks like our work here is done. From all of us at Dr. Squatch, have yourself a Squatchy holiday season. So he was actually filming that commercial right before he did this interview with me. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. So yeah, I did an hour-long interview where he just talked about what it, what's the means to be a comedian today uh, versus uh, yesterday. And we even talked about some other things like with uh, Tim, no, uh, Todd Phillips. He was talking about like comedians being woke, to, or I mean not woke, uh, Something about that. It was about, like, the Joker and everything, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was really good talking about him. I ended up talking to him, and, and because this whole commercial thing I, I thought of doing, it'd be cool to bring him up. Would you consider buying a Dr. Squash? Uh, the Dr. Squash products? I've I've never heard of the soaps, but, I mean, it's I think it's a, a pretty effective commercial. It's got the right amount of humor. It, 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 
it's it's got things that I think will appeal to you know you know being a male it'll appeal to me uh, so I don't know I can see myself maybe buying some of that stuff because I, I I think the and I don't know if the the product lines are more tongue in cheek you know much like what this commercial was but I mean it's certainly it was it's certainly kind of a fun brand name for sure so they have now coffee scented soap and they actually have a coffee too oh they do and this was like a charity they were doing because they were teaming up with like a fire department Hmm. but yeah james schrader here he wasn't just the star but he also wrote the script for these commercials and uh for both this and william painter which william painter is about uh attire like glasses and other things yeah i'm really proud of him he's these commercials they got over 80 million views and it, it, in total these com- all these commercials have over 200 million so it was really cool getting to know him and talking to him about him just yeah it was a really cool interview so that that's the that's the thing the segment i felt like doing that i thought was really fun to do but yeah and i guess that sort of wraps things up what time is it oh yeah i mean kind of on point kind of on time so thank you again for coming along today yeah well thanks for having me on this has been a lot of fun yeah, definitely. I, I always like to have fun with my guests. Uh, that That's the whole point of it. So, again, next, I, I want to say January 4th. It might be, I'll, I mean, I, I can definitely update uh, uh, people, but uh, next time is when I'm going to talk or do a podcast will be the best and worst of movies and video games. Got Joy Scalden for the gaming part. I don't know who will do the movies with me. I'll figure that out i don't know if zaki is around for that so we'll, we'll see and other stuff but meanwhile i'll write uh, i got bombshell tomorrow and what was irishman i think i'm gonna see and then you know all that stuff but regardless whatever you do this holiday just have a great holiday everybody and again if you don't hear from me the remaining days because i don't know how long i will be in the lake then see you next year again so where to find us philox 76gmailcom philk76.gmail.com is the email address. You want to email me any questions, comments, concerns, advice, or suggestions, whatever. Uh, Pond Stress is on Facebook. It's also on Instagram. And then Twitter at ChasePond64. The website is pondstress.wordspress.com. Lots of game and film content has been uploaded this whole week. Where can they find you? All right, the best place to find me is on Twitter, at Alan Fire, and then you can also find our show at DC Comics Squad, uh, at DC Film Squadcast, and then we have a website, squadcastmedia.com. We had a great time, guys, but it's getting late, and you know what? I gotta wake up for Bombshell, so we'll, s- again, have yourselves a great holiday, and Merry Christmas. All right, see you guys. <laughs>